TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 552, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wheatonopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I write for We Live Entertainment, and I live in Hollywood. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer, TV enthusiast, calling in from Los Angeles. All right, first up, we have the news, and Tom will be kind enough to give us such news. Okie doke. For the first time ever, U.S. streaming passed cable in July 2022. Wow. So, not only are networks (laughs) starting to die off, but cable is too. Uh, ABC has announced that Milo Ventimiglia's The Company You Keep has snagged a series order. Amazon announced that Jeffrey D. Morgan will join The Boys Season 4 in a recurring role, and Tony Collette and Josh Charles will star in the series The Power about a uh, an alternate reality where, all teen- where teenage girls develop the power to electrocute anybody on command. <laughs> I know some people who like that right now. Uh, Apple TV Plus has set an overall deal with 6040 films. They're the producers of Slow Horses. Yay! Juliana Margulies will return to The Morning Show Season 3. Kirby Hal Baptiste, who plays Death on the Sandman, has been cast opposite Colin Farrell in the private detective series Sugar. Uh, Disney Plus announced that Louisa Harlan, Nick Mohammed, Jolie Richardson, and Adrian Lester are set to star in the upcoming fantasy adventure series The Ballad of Renegade Nell. Uh, FX, we'll be talking about this too. Paul Rudd has, will be joining the cast of Only Murders in the Building for season three. Cleopatra Coleman joins the Sterling Affairs as Donald Sterling's mistress, V. Stiviano, and Feud Season 2 is cast Tom Hollander to play Truman Capote. Also, It'll also star Diane Lane and Calista Flockhart, and it's based on the true life story where he was working on a novel about the uh, the elite in society called Answered Prayers, and then started, le- started releasing it to the press, and they turned on him. Hallmark Movies and Mysteries announced James Denton will star with Sherry Somm, fresh off of Lock and Key, and his son, Shepard Denton, in perfect harmony. And he and Somm will sing an original duet. House of Dragons has been picked up for season two in light of the fact that less than a day after it premiered, they already had 9.99 million viewers, the largest premiere ever in HBO's history. And that includes all versions of HBO before. They, also they crashed up... the app, actually. They crashed the <laughs> HBO Max app. Wow. They also picked up Curb Your Enthusiasm for season 12, and Barbie Ferreira is leaving Euphoria before season 3. Good old HBO Max has canceled Batman Cape Crusader animated series from Bruce Timm, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves. It will be shopped around for another venue. They've also canceled the animated family film Driftwood three months after it was greenlit. And for those of you keeping score about Warner Brothers Discovery's wonderful cost-cutting plans, they've lost $20 billion of market capitalization trying to save $3 billion in costs. Way to go, dude! <laughs> uh, oh. What what genius there, I what tell you. Genius. 
NBC is considering bailing on 10 o'clock p.m. programming and turning over that time slot to affiliates. Wow. If that happens, that will be the death knell of network television as we know it. Uh, Law & Order SVU's Kelly Kaddish is leaving the series not of her own volition, reading in between the lines because the showrunners didn't want to go and she didn't want to go. Somebody at the network said, oh, she needs to go. Mainly because they want to work in some younger, fresh blood. Umbrella Academy has been picked up at Netflix for its fourth and final season, and Netflix has mercy killed Resident Evil after season (laughs) one. (laughs) They've also ordered a six-episode limited series adaptation of The Perfect Couple from executive producer Jenna Lamia from Good Girls. Peacock has announced that Halloween Ends will debut day and day in theaters at Peacock, and Joe Pesci will join Pete Davidson and Edie Falco in the comedy Bupkiss. And finally, uh, miscellaneous uh, news, Squid Game's Lee Jung-jae will reprise his role as the tattooed killer from Deliver Us From Evil in the series spinoff Ray. And that's all the news. That was a lot of news. You said it wasn't a lot of news. That was a lot of news. All right, let's, <laughs> let's move on to the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the series premiere of House of the Dragon, which takes place pretty much 200 years before Game of Thrones. They're like, it was 172 years before Daenerys is born. I was like, yeah. But then you add her being 16, and then you pretty much have that. Anyway, uh, I liked all the new characters. I am intrigued to figure out who I'm going to love and who I'm going to hate and who I'm going to change my mind on loving and hating. Uh, I like the tension, actually to the point where it got to be so tense that I actually had to pause the television for a minute, take a breath. So I thought they did a good job of setting up, it's not a new universe, but really setting up the new circumstances and introducing all these new characters. I was like, okay. And then, of course, the very end when they give us a little prophecy of what we've already seen, which was kind of cool. Uh, let's move on. Let's see who, what you guys thought. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I will. Okay. Um, I thought it was a, a strong opening. You know, if, if I had not seen Game of Thrones, um, I would, I would have thought this is a, this is a really strong opening and, you know, it brings me into the, the world that, that they're creating and the characters all seem interesting and I would be very happy. Um, comparing it to, to to the opening of Game of Thrones, it kind of fails. It doesn't grab you by the throat the way the uh, the, the way the Game of Thrones did with its premiere. Um, there's nothing that makes you go, oh wow. Oh, um, you mean like Bran being thrown out of a window? Exactly. You know, there's okay. nothing like that. Or the White Walkers, you know, killing everybody at the very beginning, and you're just going, what did I just watch? Um, there's there's nothing like that. It's it's all very, you know, paced. So, but it's interesting, um, and and I do appreciate seeing the the roots of what eventually becomes the story that we follow later. As you know, we see it all the, the everything setting itself up and beginning. Um, the uh, I, you know I I the characters are compelling. Um, Matt Smith is fantastic as as Damon Targaryen. He's scary. He's unhinged. Um, definitely a threat 
and and yet there he's 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 manages to get this kind of softer side mind you it's a creepy softer side <laughs> because, um he, he clearly cares about his sister but just in that weird term no that's not his way. sister that's his niece his niece, his niece his excuse niece. me niece that's right um still it's it, it's a little you know yeah, closer it's, than it's, family it's a little, it's a little groomy it's i want to marry you la later John, it's very john snow denarius denarius yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, you know it's that kind of thing, but that's what the Targaryens are kind of known for. So yeah. you know, um, I I love the show, what they're doing aesthetically. I mean, they they when I watched a, a bunch of behind the scenes things, I'm amazed how much of the set they actually built. Um, yeah. it's 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 lavish looking. You can see the money on the screen. Um, and like I said, the characters are interesting. I I I you know. Um, trying not to actually I, I deliberately stayed away from reading the source material this comes from because I even though I kind of know where this is going I don't want to know all the beats and uh, I want to save that for the show and what they're doing so far is drawing me in I, I like it I think Patty Considine as as uh, Viserion is terrific he's clearly this this weak king yeah. but with good intentions um, and good intentions just don't fly in this world. <laughs> I was about oh. to say, you 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 either win at the Game of Thrones or you die. We all know that. Exactly. You know the the, the thing that um, that that stuck with me though was that the prophecy at the end. Um, what what annoyed me with Game of Thrones is that they deliberately tried to ignore that prophecy. Yeah. Um, that's from the books, and they they did everything they could for some odd reason that I never got to not actually state what that was. I feel and, like that was at the end where the guys were like, let's make sure no, nobody guesses how we're going to end this. So let's yeah, it, the and it, made, it made no sense because those are all the breadcrumbs that you, that you really need. And it's so key to what is going on. And right. why, you know, even though I appreciated hearing it, there was a part of me that, that was like, well, this is just twisting the knife because we know that <laughs> none of this actually gets, gets, resolved you know, properly right i mean because yeah the, the targaryen is not on the throne at the time that all of this happens and they're not even the ones who well i mean no but that part that part i did like that because the prophecy got lost and nobody else knew about it it doesn't happen the way they want it to but you still get technically the prince that was promised Dale. it's just that then Arya like kills him like what yeah whatever. yeah that's but, you know but let's move, we, we, we have to we have to let other results, people but... speak about speak so. yeah well, okay. I, I, I I'll jump in only because uh, I will say ditto to whatever both of you guys said you know I mean almost verbatim except except I have two things one is I was not a fan of Matt Smith. Uh, as uh, Draymond or Damon or whatever. Damon. Um, Damon, especially in the beginning. I mean, look, it, it's my own sort of prejudice in the sense that, like, I couldn't shake the Doctor Who thing it, right in the beginning, right in the beginning. Um, but then as the show went on, I was able to kind of let that go because, you know, he, you know, he's an actor and he's I, he was throwing himself in there. But still, uh, I will say that in the beginning, I wasn't just – 
not off put is the wrong word, but I just kept asking myself like almost out loud, like, is this a casting mistake? Is this a casting mistake? Um, But as the episode went on, I definitely felt, okay, I can see this, you know, and, and because of what Allison said in terms of, I didn't think he was maniacal or like a madman enough, but I did like his more, the more subtle, softer side he was showing that I could kind of really hold on to uh so i'm i'm still waiting i will be very i'm giving them a lot of rope uh and i'm really uh you know i really am hoping that he uh he will make me comfortable in seeing him in the role but the next thing i want to say and again libya you uh, uh, referenced it i won't spend a lot of time on it but because it was so emotionally jarring and gruesome emotionally i think the show did a good job of kind of pulling away from it but the scene where he has to choose between a wife he clearly loves and cherishes uh, and then his unborn child who he is convinced is a boy and he wasn't wrong just didn't just didn't anticipate the not living part um that scene uh i not only had to pause but i i I actually switched to something else and came back and i thought i don't i don't think i can watch this i really don't so that being said uh everything that allison said i thought the 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 building of this uh set and all that stuff absolutely added to all that i remember watching the trailer thinking oh this this looks good so i'm i am excited about the show i'm not super excited but definitely uh, already invested and i'm very interested to see the next episode all right peter your thoughts i liked it a lot i I mean i don't really have much to add um i was i've never been a big game of thrones person it was always a show i've watched because it's a show that everybody was watching um but i i was pretty into this pilot i was like oh i really like this like i i like i thought you know obviously the production design's great the costumes and everything um, I sometimes think that focusing on a particular family could be good and bad, but in a way, it's funny because I actually rewatched half of the Game of Thrones pilot, and I love the opening, which is what Allison was talking about. That opening's great. The the wall thing is fantastic, but like, there's a lot about Game of Thrones Stark family. And, like, the kids that I'm always like, oh, my God, I don't really care about this. Like, I mean, even though, obviously, it'll pay off it'll pay off eventually and stuff. Whereas House of Dragons, there aren't really any little kids. It's like, yeah. Well, the technically, girls, the main, main girls are kids. They're teenagers. Dude, that's not the same as Joffrey or Bran. And stuff. Like, they're not 10. Like, I mean, there, there's a lot of, like, eye-rolling that I have in Season 1 of Game of Thrones that I understand why they're doing it. I'm just not as captivated. And by this... I'm like, oh, I kind of like these characters are already a little older. Even though you're right, teenagers aren't. I mean, they can still kind of be dumb or whatever. I really like the big scene with the the pregnancy, the labor versus the, what is it? Some critic was saying it's like it's, the it's, labor, it's a, joust, it's like, a jousting thing. The, the labor is like the real war, and the joust is a fake war because yeah, of course it was, it's pretend it's years, yeah, it's, yeah. right? Than they've ever had a, a lot of death for really, pretend, but yeah. yeah, I thought that stuff was pretty good, and I thought. Even though sometimes Matt Smith drives me crazy as a bad guy, like, I think he's better when he's charming and nice as, like, you know, the doctor. I thought the big confrontation with his brother was pretty good, even though, obviously, what he said about the baby being king for a day was like, oh, my God, that's a terrible thing to say. You know, like, I I thought, like, the confrontation with the brother was like, yeah, it's good. Uh, And also, I liked seeing the dragons. Like, I thought, so, yeah, I was, I'll say this. 
Game of Thrones aired, I would watch I would watch one episode a week and I would be fine. This show, I absolutely would have watched the second episode. I would have been like, oh, I'm, I totally want to see what happens next. So, okay. yeah, big thumbs up for me. Uh, next up, we're going to talk uh, Only Murders in the Building finale. And this was basically like, haha, you think you know who the killer is, but really you don't know who the killer is. And let's do a full Agatha Christie, bring all the suspects into a room and let's play it out and discover who the killer is. It was pretty cool. Or a killer party reveal. A killer, a killer party reveal. reveal. Is it a killer party or a killer party? It's a combo. It's both. So <laughs> I love I, that joke. They ran it through the whole episode. Yes. So I thought it was pretty good. I mean, they... They did the red herring thing really well because they actually had me confused for a second. I was like, wait a minute, didn't we already say that the the girl, the foreign girlfriend was not the killer? Now we're saying she is the killer, but wait, what? And so they actually had me confused for a second where I thought I didn't know what I thought I knew, uh, which is perfect. This It was it was really well done. Um, and I, I, I mean, I figured it out before they announced who it was, obviously, but they kind of built it so you would. So all of that was really good. I, I think this this show did a great job. Its finale was fantastic, and all the episodes added up together in a really good way. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Anyone else? Tom, you start us off. And they painted the over the mural in Mabel's apartment. I hated that. That was the only thing that really I couldn't stand. Ah. Oh. What yeah. a way. But go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, I, I thought it was a fun episode. I, I mean... <laughs> I loved that they got everybody else except for the perp perpetrator in on the reveal thing, including right. Cindy Cannon. And uh, my favorite part was the time jump and seeing who next year's victim is. It's oh, like, yeah, that's I'm great. Like, Holy crap. Is that Paul? Oh, my gosh, it's Paul Rudd. Ooh, that was Paul Rudd. <laughs> and then they were like, that was a whole year later. And I really liked Mabel's reaction to him being killed. She was like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she cannot win, man. She cannot win. The thing is, uh, he wasn't killed in the building. I mean, That's what, what I, I said. I, Tom had, an, had a response to that. I said the same thing. I think that's one of the reasons why they painted over the mural so they can have a new opening next year. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah, but they'd have to change the title, though. Only murders in a building. <laughs> as long as it's a structure, it's okay. It's still a building. <laughs> I, I think it'll though. be great. I think it'll be great if they are somehow able to like make it so that the actual murder, like somehow, it well, happened in the building. Right, he because he was poisoned. Like, right, he was yeah, obviously poisoned, exactly. so he could have been poisoned in the building. Correct. Because yeah, we don't know if he, he actually lives in the building or not. No, and but we don't even know if he died. Oh no, wait, did, was, no, did, they was do confirm. Yes, he's open? dead. Yeah, he's yeah, dead. He's he's dead. dead. Open? Yeah. Oh, okay, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the show being smart enough to basically link it somehow so that the actual sort of death occurred. You know what I mean? But anyway, I, I will, uh, I will parrot. I think what everybody is gonna say and has said already um but i will emphasize that which i've been doing all season long which is uh i love that it is an actual mystery uh and i love and i've said this already so it's boring it does it was very much agatha christie meets clue um you know and i I, you know, I'm not taking a ton of credit for this. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But uh, yes, Libya, I, you know, for me, 
I, I did. I, I didn't know. I did not know. I will admit that uh, going into the finale, who the murderer was, but I pretty quickly figured it out uh, when when. Um, uh, oh my God, Steve Martin's character. Uh, you know, we thought he was just stabbed, but then he ended up dead. And I was like, yeah, once oh, okay. he ends up dead, yeah, you know, like something's yeah. up, right? Right, obviously, but but with the red herring situation of the girlfriend, um, I absolutely that didn't really confuse me because I thought this show is way too smart and respects their audience way too much for them to give it to give give her to us, take her away, and then give her back to us. You know what I mean? I was like, nah, that's not that is absolutely not. Uh, that's not respecting the viewer, and I knew the show was better than that. So at that point, I kind of was like, you know, doing Ten Little Indians, and I pretty much was like, oh, it's Betty. Um, so, so anyway, but for me, I thought it was a wonderful finale, and and like Tom said, you know, le- you know, leaving us with the cliffhanger of how the next season is going to start, super smart. It's not like any of us were not going to watch, you know, the, the next season. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty perfect, except, Allison, I will agree with you. I wondered why they painted over the mural, and I was sad about that. Allison, yeah, I, was, go ahead. I was like, yeah. as soon as as soon as they did that, I was like, no, it's beautiful. What are you doing? Because, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm very attached to that particular mural. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, the thing is, with Steve Martin getting, getting stabbed, normally I would have thought, oh, yeah, pfft. You know, this is not happening. But they went to great lengths, actually, prior to this episode airing to talk about how Steve Martin has decided he is retiring from acting. And he's this is the last role he's going to play. <laughs> and and so I was like, but he's ending it like this? Really? Wow. Uh, OK, bold choice. But <laughs> all right. And so I, you know, normally I wouldn't have accepted it, but I thought. You know, there was a part of my brain that was going, maybe they are going to do it like this. Um, so I thought that was kind of smart of them to to have all those rumors flying around beforehand. So just to add that. I, I missed that thing. entirely. Maybe. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, they did. Um, I, I, I thought overall it was great. You know, I mean, it's not the tightest mystery I've ever seen. There's there's little threads hanging. There's there's side stuff that they had going all the thematic stuff with the, the fathers and sons that they didn't really tie up and, and didn't completely tie into to what was going on. But I, I don't care because I watch this show to spend time with the characters and I love the characters and they're expanding more into the various uh, denizens of, of the, ho- of the, uh, the apartment and making us, you know, get to know them more and like them just as much. And, and so that's what I'm really here for. And I, I love this show. I thought I thought it was terrific. It looks like Andrea Martin's going to be added on and, and play a big role next year too, and I'm I'm all for that. Um, I just you know, bravo! It was a it was a terrific season, and I look forward to more. Uh, Peter, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing that I think I like about I love the setting and the cast, and I really liked um, all the supporting characters that they've brought every, on every season. The, the mystery to me is never the reason I watch the show, but I don't think the mystery is ever like bad. I'm like, they, they do put the work in, but I'm, but I am at this point used to like a lot of moments where it's like, it looks like that's the murderer, but I'm pretty sure it's not because it's only episode five, you know, like, so, <laughs> um, but that's fine. That's totally fine. Cause it's not really why I'm watching it. And I will say, I thought it was kind of a cool season that I thought that Mabel as a character seemed it kind of felt like her character. I mean, I don't necessarily want to say she's the smartest. I mean, I guess 
what's his name? Martin Short's character is always kind of a goof. But, like, Mabel was the one this season that seemed to put stuff together more than I yeah. thought in the yeah. season. And I was like, oh, I really like that. Like, um, But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good follow-up. Um, it, the finale wasn't my favorite episode. My favorite episode was um, early, the one where it's him – it's the one where it's uh, it's it's Steve Martin's surrogate daughter, and then you also find out that the apartment has, has all crawl those space. Like, yeah. crawl space. That to me was like the height of the season for me. I thought that episode was really good. But no, but yeah, yeah, I thought I look. Yeah, I'm totally looking forward to uh, seeing more of Paul Rudd uh, in, uh, in yes, in only murders in a building. Let's let's wrap this one up. Thumbs up. We're saying. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Motherland, Fort Salem series finale. Uh, and when I say we, I'm not including myself. Allison, are you and I the last one standing? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I watched it as this. well. I watched okay. it as oh, well. Oh, the three I of watched... us. Okay. Trio. Somebody start talking. Go ahead, Allison. I'll Go ahead. start. I was, I was disappointed. I just thought just so much was wrong I mean wow and they they killed off one of my favorite characters yes <laughs> and it's so, so I'm so like arbitrary. Kill off somebody else <laughs> yes yeah. I don't know I'm just uh... <laughs> Tom you're Tom you're like without words at how bad it was you're, you're just no, like I, I don't I, know I watched it I watched it earlier in the week, too. I think I watched it, like, Thursday, because I figured, oh, please, end strong, please, end strong. This was this was a whimper, not a bang. Sure, yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not surprised uh, by that, though. I mean, I, I, I've said before earlier that, you know, they've they've kind of dropped the ball this season and lost the plot. And, and you know, there, we, we, there's, there's reasons for it, you know, that go beyond just the storytelling. We've discussed that before. But I think even with all that, they really did – they messed up so completely. And, and this last episode, I think like Tom, I was kind of hoping that they would maybe pick things up and, and, and right the ship and all of that. But I didn't have great hopes for it, honestly. And it kind of went the way that I, I feared it did. I mean, yeah, it came it came to an end. But there was so much happening that I just didn't care about. And it just seemed rushed and messy and, uh, you know, re- resolutions that were unearned and, uh, and, and deaths that came out of nowhere. Just having that one character, um, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, is Althea? Or um, the the one who's uh, it's it's probably wrong, but uh, uh, the Anacostia, excuse me, Anacostia, Anacostia, just she her death came out. (laughs) One of those somewhere in Northern Virginia. Um, she uh, just having having her die the way she did just seemed completely arbitrary, especially when other characters who I thought were were absolutely dead by the end of, of the last episode somehow pop up alive again and I'm thinking why them and not her it just, and more worthy of being killed I might add yes yeah I mean I would have been fine with them killing off the scientist in the last episode why she was back I don't even know and and Anacostia really should have you know I think she earned having a happier ending and, and yes. instead they just they killed her off and it was in such a pointless way yeah. um, 
So, yeah, I, you know, and and the ending, which is supposed to be happy, it's like, well, ooh, great, we get to live under a yellow polluted sky for the rest of eternity. Uh, I didn't even that, understand it. I didn't even understand it. It was supposed it. to be the mycelium, which now completely envelops the Earth, which frankly looks more like a horror story than any yeah. kind of happy ending. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I understood what was what it was or what it was, ha- but I didn't understand, like, the theme, meaning, like, is that better for us? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what does that, is it healing the planet? Like, they didn't really follow through. I know Libya hates it when we go negative, 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 so I'll keep this short, uh, you know, because, I mean, why, you know, just hammer, a, you know, it, whatever into the ground. Um but I think we all knew, like you said, Allison, that the chance of this being good was very low. And so they fulfilled our expectations. I don't know that that's a good thing. But uh, that being said, like I said, everything all you guys said, but I, I, I'll just finish with the end, which is even if the entire finale was terrible, if the last 10 minutes sort of gave me an emotional sort of a something, because it is a closure of the entire series, um, I wouldn't have forgiven it for the entire season, but I would have just been like, well, you know, at least they wrap this up sweetly, or at least I feel this way. But killing Anacostia, <clears throat> excuse me, really robbed us of some emotional sort of weight and resonance. Like that would have, you know, if they, you know, so that was kind of jarring. And then I thought, what are they doing? Uh, and like you said, Allison, if it had been in a more kind of potent, powerful, poignant way, then I might have forgiven them of that. So that being said, it is it is an, a disappointment that we put in what four seasons worth of watching. Uh, but but you know, it was a three. But it was tempered by the fact that I think we had um, very very small hope, and and that hope was extinguished. And you know, so be it. The the yeah. show's over. I, I probably won't reference it ever again. So uh, let's wrap, journey's let's, done. Yeah, let's wrap that up. Uh, I'm taking it from your faces uh, that it was uh, thumbs down. Um, yeah. Next up, let's talk Star Trek Lower Decks, and this was the season three premiere. And if anyone remembers, last season the captain was arrested for blowing up the Packlet planet, which we all knew as viewers wasn't true. And so this week's episode was Although all about... Although it would be no big loss if it was, because the methods suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't say that because we're supposed to be the Federation and all forgiving and all good. <laughs> but uh, this episode was all about clearing her name and her daughter trying to come up with crazy ideas to clear her name. And I will say this was not one of my favorite episodes, mainly because I like when they go off on adventures and do cool, crazy stuff. And this week's episode didn't feel like that. It felt, yeah. I mean, and then when you get to the end and you find out she was already clear, like everything they were doing was for nothing. She'd already, you know, figured out how to clear her own name, went on a crazy mission, solved the whole problem. So it just felt like, it ended up feeling like a waste of time to me. But Tom, go ahead. Although there, there were some funny gags in it. The thing about Boimler's family's vineyard and finding out the titch raisins. Just making raisins, all- right making raisins and all these all these attractive young women are throwing themselves at him but i didn't understand why that was were they throwing themselves at him because he owned a vineyard or what was that about who knows but it was still i think it was just like a a comment on his complete obliviousness that you know these women are throwing themselves at him he doesn't notice it i did appreciate the first one who looked exactly like the sun made raisins logo (laughs) 
that was that was nice. Uh, okay. What? Uh, anything else? Any other comments? Anybody? I thought it was. I thought it was, uh, it was, it was a fun episode. Uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't one of the best ones, but I thought it was fun. Uh, Peter, you wrote you liked this one, I recall. Um, I yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I like I like the show for what it is. I like the characters. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it was its best episode, but I also really loved how like the end of the episode was almost like the mission statement of the show because it's like um, Mariner's mom returns. <laughs> And is like, here's this grand, crazy thing that happened. The bad guys blew up their own planet because they wanted to do this, and we had to do this. And like, and I was like, oh my god, that sounds like an amazing episode of Star Trek. Like, you know, which of course, the point of the show was always is that like, we're not with the characters that do the amazing things. We're with the characters that do like the kind of silly, lame things. So to me, I felt like the premiere. Like, yeah, like I love, I love what's this boy, Boiler, in his, his audio notes is like, nobody must know about my purple, how I get my purple hair dye. Like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, was, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun premiere. I'm not going to, again, not great, but yeah, I'm on board. All right, let's move on. So next up, we're going to talk what we do in the shadows. And this was their very special reality show episode where they're going to flip the house that's actually falling apart. They've spent several seasons showing the how the house is falling apart, that there's all these different problems, and finally they're doing this reality show to uh, address that, and I was like, this is a terrible idea. And they're like, we're going to totally rip up the yard. I was like, where they have all the dead bodies? That's not going to go well. But I will say this. I've been a new convert to the show, and generally speaking... Other than season one, I've liked most of the episodes. This is the first episode that I've genuinely really disliked. And I will put a disclaimer. Uh, I used to work on reality TV. And I used to work on a show that was very similar to this show. So that could be part of my hatred. So you have a lot of hate. <laughs> yeah, that could be part of my hatred for this. Uh, and it just didn't have the elements that I like about the show. It, it was very, because it was a very different feel, even the main characters weren't really in it that much. It was all about these, well, one of the brothers at least. <laughs> the other one got killed. Um, so, yeah, and it dealt with the stupid hat, which I've always disliked, the whole hat storyline. And I feel like they've run it into the ground. Like, as opposed to Brooklyn Nine-Nine that has the heist episodes every year, and each year the heist feels better, bigger, you know, and sure. it's funnier. This, everything, every year when they do the hat, it feels flatter. It does not improve. So I was super thumbs down on this episode. And I'll let you guys talk the positive now. Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be exactly the opposite. I love this show. I love the fact that, you know, every once, the, the show is crazy enough that it can weather having a uh, an episode that is completely divorced stylistically from the rest of it and and you just accept it it's fine you know and this one they just went all out trying trying to do a reality tv show i've never worked on a reality tv show you know full disclosure but um i i watched them periodically on tv and from the point of view of a viewer uh, at least a casual viewer the stylistically they got the look and the feel of that just perfectly including you said the characters didn't really act like themselves well that was the point they they were acting like the kind of people who show up on on these types of of you know, house flipping shows 
Um, oh, and, I will you know, say the, really the best, weird reactions. I forgot to mention the best thing that happened is when Laszlo said in New York City. That was other than that, <laughs> like that made me laugh. But OK, continue. Yeah, I just I thought that 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 they were I mean, they got the style so correct that when I started watching it, at first I thought that I was getting like a preview of some other show and I was like, oh, God, am I going to have to fast forward through this? And oh, wait, no, it's it's actually what we do in the shadows. Um, so I I enjoyed it for what it was. It was it was just a, a kind of a, a larky little spin to do something completely different. I thought they handled it stylistically really well. I thought it was funny. Um, the uh, I, I I I don't know. I'm I'm don't really care one way or the other about the hat thing. It's it was just it was the punchline at the end more than anything else anyway. So uh, the and the rest of the show was was just this this riff on on these these house flipping things which i thought they did incredibly well and right. i do i especially oh. like the bit where where um uh uh what is it moira not moira um marwa uh <laughs> builds a man cave oh, and then steals it? for herself right. <laughs> uh peter uh why don't you go next i want to go back and forth in opinions you know it wasn't it wasn't an episode for me um I feel like this is a pretty good example to me of like, um, I mean, and I know Libya didn't care for this episode either. Um, I think this is a pretty good example to me of like, when I don't care for something, but I don't necessarily think it's bad because I'm like, well, I think they succeeded in what their aim was. Their aim was to capture that kind of reality show um, makeover thing and I'm like yeah it seems like they did a pretty solid job and everything like I just I always for some reason I like the rookie did this last year where there was an episode where the whole episode is almost like a handy cam thing and I'm, I don't know why but most times when a show deviates from their format like a lot of times I, I kind of groan I'm like oh, is this the whole episode like you know that's just kind of a personal thing I, I I have no problem with like Allison saying, oh yeah, well that was the point. That's why the characters act different. She's totally right and stuff. I just don't find it as engaging, but I wouldn't necessarily, it would be hard for me to grade because I'd be like, well, I think they succeeded with what they wanted to do. I just didn't really care for it. I did perk up a little at the end when Nick Kroll showed up because I was like, oh, okay. So now this is sort of connected to the story about the hat thing. Yeah, the hat thing's not great or whatever, but it's like, okay, Sure, you know, it's kind of funny when he's like, did you wait? You did all 100 episodes just to do this? You know, and he's like, yes. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, you know. But nah, you know, not, not you know, just eh, not, not, not for me, I guess I would say. Um, I'll jump in by saying I feel like I'm a, a notch above Peter and a notch below Allison. Um, I said this to you off podcast. Um, I if I if I really thought about it, I think this was my least favorite episode of the season. But that isn't necessarily an indictment of the show because I really liked the season, um, and I think most of the episodes were very strong, if not strong. Uh, I mean whatever more than strong uh so so this that being said uh i think i it, my opinion's closer to 
Peters, except for the fact that, so yeah, I think that it did what it was intended. Allison, I also thought, I was like, wait, what am I watching? I was like, did I change the channel? What's happening? I mean, like, I, I really didn't understand what I was watching at first. Um, I have watched those um, Fixer Upper shows, um, not religiously in any way and not super devotedly, but I do remember watching them probably when they first kind of came on air and became super trendy. Um, and so, yes, every note was really, really perfect, including, and they leaned into this, hate that term, but, uh, you know, they focused on what, what doesn't really happen. So it, it was a satire of how, like, people are not happy at the end of, like, you know, the reveal, you know what I mean? Because we always see, like, super happy reveal, super happy reveal. But there have been stories that have come out now where people have participated in the show and then they'll admit that the renovations weren't great and that they weren't happy with the way you know so they even kind of touched on that in a funny way um so yeah i think that the show can do standalones and this was certainly a standalone i think it, it did what it was intended but much like peter you know i'm not super interested in, in in it you know so it was fine to watch it didn't make me groan or wince or anything like that uh, and like allison i didn't care the hat situation didn't bother me uh but like you <laughs> uh, libya i definitely think something like the heist absolutely does it way better and builds on that so i mean i was fine with the episode but for me it definitely was the worst of the season tom you're the only one left I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the thing that he went to, the Nick Crawl went to such great lengths. He was that driven. So, but you know, it's, you know, th these types of episodes are very high concept and they either work for you or they don't. But, you know, and I feel sorry for anybody who wanted to spec this show because now they can't do that anymore. But no, I thought it was fun. Okay. Well, let's move on. Next up, we want to talk about She-Hulk, and this was episode two of She-Hulk. Attorney for hire, because she got fired. Attorney at law. No, attorney no. At law. Attorney for hire, oh, that's true. It, they changed the title to attorney for hire, because it's like the teaser, she gets fired, and at first it says attorney at law, and then it flips to attorney for hire, because now she's looking for a job. Um, so I thought that was pretty clever, and I, I like the episode overall, especially because... Uh, it brings in the backstory of Abomination being trying to kill her cousin, and she's like, conflict, I can't do it. And then I was like, wait a minute, was that the same Bruce Banner? Like, I was like thinking in my head, I was like, wait a minute, that was a different actor. Did you, did you catch their wink to the camera? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were like, he's a totally different guy. Literally a Literally. different person that turns to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did catch that. I was like, nicely done, guys. Uh, but it still all worked really well, and then they have the bit where Bruce is in a spaceship, and he's like, I might be away for a while, and you're just like, what? Um, so, and then we have the Abomination link to uh, the Ten Rings, uh, Shang-Chi, where you see Abomination fighting in the ring. I was like, wait, wasn't that right. movie a year ago? Like, wait, when is this? And so that kind of like made me kind of figure out where are we in the timeline. So I'm curious about that. Uh, but overall, I would say this is a thumbs up for me. Anybody else? Yeah, I I, I, I liked it. I, I I really enjoyed the episode. I loved that they brought back um, Tim Roth as as Emil Blonsky. Um, 
slash the abomination. Uh, I, I was, you know, I, he's, first of all, he's a fantastic actor, so I'm happy to see him in anything. But seeing that they did not forget this character, you know, he wasn't just a background thing that they had in, in Shang-Chi. He was in this too. I, I really like, and obviously it looks like he's going to be playing a, a bigger role than just a one, one episode walk on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, you, you really do. Yeah, you brought up an interesting thing with, with all the little bits about uh, the abomination, the, the little clip from Shang-Chi and the, uh, the Hulk going off into space and things like that. It makes me realize that if, if you are not watching, like, all the MCU <laughs> movies and TV shows, you are going to be so lost. Right. It's like, what are they talking about? You know, it's right. like everyone around you are going to be laughing and going, oh, yeah, I got that reference. And then anyone who's not is, is going to be just going, what is going on? Um, but for, for those who are, who are, you know, loyal viewers who've, who've seen all these things, and, and I guess we can all count ourselves on this podcast as, as being amongst that group, um, it's really fun to, to pick out all these little references and see how precisely they're structuring everything. So I do appreciate that. Tom, your thoughts? No, it was just, uh, I, I've been a huge Tatiana Maslany fan since Orphan Black. So, you know, when I heard that she was cast, despite her denials, because she, she, probably... she kept denying even when Marvel <laughs> announced it. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but no, I just think it's inspired lunacy. And I find it fascinating. If you're going to hate on the show, hate on it for the right reasons. Because some people are like, oh, yeah, I don't think it's right that she she has more control than Bruce. That goes back to the first series that Stan Lee created. I don't like that she breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, she's been doing that since the Maydays before Deadpool or Harley Quinn. So guess again. All right. But no, no it's just, it, it's fun. I, I'll, I, I'll I just want to say. Some kind of art. Sorry, go ahead. I'll be interested to see if they've got any kind of arc coming up because it seems to be a little bit more self-contained than some of the other Marvel shows and it would be good to break up the format because it's really you know e you know everything being a six-parter or how many ever episodes having some one-offs is not the worst thing in the world uh, I just want to add quickly because I don't need anything I don't need to add anything else is I'm disappointed that the show is only like 22 minutes I mean I know that if this were on network TV which will soon be gone uh, you know 22 23 minutes is what you get for a half hour comedy with commercials but we don't have commercials and and you know and uh, Marvel and many shows now they absolutely don't abide by any rules uh, you know it could be 35 minutes long the next episode could be 45 minutes long, like blah 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 like and we don't care no one's complaining uh, about the you know mishmash so i feel like every the every the two episodes have pretty much been around 20 22 minutes and like when i watch it i'm enjoying myself so much that you know and it's amusing and it's you know lighthearted. and then i'm like wait what what oh it's over so that's kind of it's actually super annoying it's not a small thing for me um it really makes no sense that they're sticking to some sort of weird uh half hour network comedy timing you know with 22 minutes but that's it i mean everything else everybody said i agree uh peter your thoughts before we move on yeah i thought it was a i thought it was a solid second episode i thought the pilot was stronger but um yeah and i like the easter egg with her helping her family you know, oh yeah uh, that was pretty cool the TV <laughs> up the wall and bring all the bottled water in and um i agree with allison it, I, I like seeing tim roth 
so yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it, and I am a sitcom fan, so uh, I'm very much uh, enjoying this. So yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season three finale of C, uh, which I'm pretty season, sure season three premiere premiere. What did I say? I said finale. Finale. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. It is the final season. It's the final. I, that's the thing. What I was thinking. It is the final season. Um, it feels. I'm pretty sure they must have shot this back to get back with season two because Jason Momoa is shooting Aquaman now. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Oh, no. They're doing reshoots for Aquaman. Well, I'm just saying, I think they must have shot season two and three back to back because he left season two shooting to go do Dune and he left Dune to do Aquaman and then C came out. I was like, how did he shoot that? I was like, oh, they must have shot those together. Anyway, uh, for a premiere, it was okay. It was like, I mean, it it, it, it basically is like, it's, all, it's nine months later, the baby's born. Um, here is where everybody is. And, oh, yeah, they have bombs, but we knew that at the end of last season. And so I felt like it was doing that. But remember my, my pet peeve of having intelligent people do dumb things? Letting mm-hmm. queen, that queen live is the dumbest thing they've done repeatedly since season one. No one ever kills her. They keep not killing her. And it is the most irritating one. I hate that character so much. Like there aren't words for how much I hate her, but then they keep making up reasons not to kill her. They're like, well, we made an agreement to have her executed, but uh, let's not do that. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Well, she just killed Alfred Woodard at the beginning, but we're going to not kill her for that either. Like, come on. And we know that the longer you let her live, the more chaos she's going to sow. So it, it's just ridiculous. And it made me want to turn the television off. Uh, so that's my thoughts on that. Anybody else? Um, I'm overall, with you, oh, Tom, you go. Yeah, it won't be long. I'm with you. I was kind of bored. Cause, and, and the biggest mistake they did made was starting with not Jason Momoa. Right, 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 right. Because I really it's like, Oh, all these people I really don't give a rip about. <laughs> <laughs> and then when so, we do yeah, see him, he's he's he gets a dog. Like what? Yes. All right. Well, the blind guy's got to have a dog. You know. Allison, your thoughts? A dog. I don't know. I think I like the episode better than you guys. Uh, although I do agree, there's you know I was I was like, so where's Jason Momoa? Where's Jason Momoa? Where is he? <laughs> um, isn't that he supposed to be in this show? Um, it really should have started with him and then and then moved out to everyone else. I am, you know, interested in what they're doing, and uh, I I like seeing the, the development of the characters. I like seeing what Ren was doing, and the introduction. I liked of- Ren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like. Yeah, her. and I I think she's a terrific character, and I liked seeing her, you know, her kind of face to face with with the the crazy uh, mad scientist guy um, who who's you know clearly going to be this season's big bad other than Queen Kane, who never goes away. I will have uh, to give credit to Jace Momoa for employing all his fellow actors from Stargate Atlantis, if you guys hadn't noticed that. <laughs> I was like, look at you looking out for your friends. I really I really appreciate that about him. He got big, huge, but he didn't forget where he started. Okay, continue. There you go. Um, I, I mean, the whole thing with Queen Kane is just frustrating. I, I the, You know, they came up with the whole thing about her being pregnant okay let's not kill her while she's pregnant great but as soon as she pops that baby out 
it, it, they should have just gotten rid of her and not getting rid of her, especially after everything she's done, um, up to and including killing off Alfre Woodard, for, for which there is no excuse in the world. Um, there, at that point, it's just dumb that they don't they don't kill her. I mean, they're they're left with either turning her over to this this other uh, group who are going to torture her. Uh, you know, in endlessly and then kill her. I, mean, I can or, understand killing her as a mercy killing to keep her from yeah, being just, tortured. I could totally exactly. get that. But just say she died in childbirth and that's the end of it. If, but but you know, I mean, if they don't want to see her tortured, fine, do that. But she needs to be dead because yes. she is a constant insane threat. Um, so that yeah, that part bothers me the the rest of it though i thought they they handled really well i am i'm liking tom meissen's character lord harlan more and more i think that you know at the very well, beginning he he's should've... very much a gray character and they're coming more down on him being really okay, a good, good guy. guy but i really yeah. think he should have uh put his foot down on the whole not killing her sister thing like yeah i, I understand he, he won't wants cross to be... Lagra, though that's the problem i know and that's a problem that is a problem uh so yeah i just that that starts the whole show off on a bad foot. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so, I did his stepfatherly advice. Yes, that's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're wrapping that up. I think that's a sort of mixed premiere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, and so how many of you guys watched Paper Girls? I, I watched it. I want to talk about the first three episodes, mainly because that's what they forced me to watch at Comic-Con. Um, yeah, I went to the screening and they played three. I thought they were only going to play one or two. Oh, wow. And then they played three and I was like, I felt like I was being held prisoner because <laughs> I couldn't walk out without passing by the actors. And I felt like that would just be kind of in poor taste to walk out in the middle of their show. Um, I was sort of trapped. And so we were up on that roof until like 11 p.m. Oh, anyway. But I'm glad that they did because it wasn't until the third episode that I really was like, oh, I kind of like this show. So the first episode is very much in the 80s. These girls are on a paper route and we come in it from the point of view of uh, what is her what is her character's name? I can't remember. Um, mm, mm, mm. I don't remember anybody's names. Honestly. One, Tiffany? Uh, Aaron. Aaron. It was Aaron. Yes, yes. Her mom's telling her she doesn't want her to do it, but she wants to do it and be independent. And um, just watching the how the girls look out for each other, because at the time it was very unusual for girls to deliver the paper in the m- middle of the morning. So I like that they kind of banded together and formed like kind of a, a club where they all had radios and they looked out for each other. And then, of course, the first thing that happens is they get pulled into time, into a time machine or whatever, because that happens. Um... And I like that all the girls were really young. Like, you could tell they were genuinely, the actors were like 12 or 13. Um, and so it gave it kind of a genuine sort of feel to it. But it did feel, for the first couple of episodes, I felt like I was not the target audience. That this show was designed for teenagers and I was like eh, I don't know if this I mean it's sci-fi you're doing time travel you got a time war happening but I don't know if I'm the target audience and it wasn't until the third episode where you we finally reveal like the giant robot in the barn um that I was like oh 
now, and you also introduce two adults, which is grown-up Aaron, who I liked a lot. I liked her a lot. And then, God, what was the guy's name? Jerry or something like that? So you introduced those. Larry. 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 I was close. I was close. Uh, and once you introduced the adults, I was like, okay, I, I could probably watch this show. So I thought that it was good they showed the first three. Uh, Allison, what'd you think? Um, I enjoyed it more than I was expecting to. I mean, it, it's certainly YA material, and yeah. um, you know, I was, I was I was watching it more because there was really nothing. I'd watched everything else; there was nothing else on, and I thought, ah, oh, well, I heard about this, so I'll give it a shot. Um, the what kind of kept me watching it was the strength of the actresses involved. I think yeah. they're all incredibly talented, especially the one who plays Mac is Yeah, is I really amazing. like her. Amazing. Yeah. She's great. But I mean the the if I, if I wasn't turning away it was because I just was I found them compelling and and their their performances were really great and I started to care about them as characters. Um the uh you know the the setting was, you know, typical sci-fi uh kind of YA material. But uh, like you, I think uh, the more they started introducing adult characters, the more interested I became, especially when they brought in Ali Wong as the older version of Aaron. Yeah, she was great. She, she was fantastic. I could I, I could watch the whole show just about her. And um, I just like how was... disappointed her younger version was in her life. She was like, <laughs> this is it? You're not married, you have kids, you just live by yourself, and you haven't done anything? And I was like, wow... That is severely being judged. That would give me a complex. It's like it's like having your mother, but it's you in miniature. <laughs> you know, still still grading you on a curve. Um, so yeah, that was. I thought they were cast really well too, because I could look at them and go, yeah, I could believe her as an older version of the same thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, Adina Porter, who played their their tracker, um, was also yeah, scary. So good. She's you know, scary, when, but it felt she was a little two dimensional, don't you think? Well, but it, the thing is, you know, I mean, I've seen the whole thing, uh, so they do they do broaden her character. She becomes more more fleshed out later on. You find out what her motivations are and things like that. Um, at, at this point, I think she doesn't need to be more than two dimensional. She's basically the Terminator. Yeah, coming so she's pretty her. scary. Yeah, and you know, we, I remember being being um, unimpressed when we were watching Obi Wan Kenobi about you know his his threat coming after him because um, I didn't find her scary at all or intimidating. I find her intimidating. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's Seriously. she is like absolutely relentless and terrifying. And, um, you know, that's the that's the kind of energy that you want in a in a role like that. And she's completely, completely believable in, in yeah. that part. No, 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 so, yeah, so I, I thought she was great. Uh, yeah. Tom, real quick, because we got to move on. We got one more show. No, I really enjoy it. I am uh, I am in the middle of episode six, and there are some interesting, fun twists and turns coming up. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so let's move on. I think that's generally speaking, thumbs up from all of us for paper girls. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Sandman, and we're going to talk episodes five and six. And episode Woo! five was in the diner, where uh, Dream is pretty much knocked out for ninety percent of the episode. So let's talk about that one first. Um, I thought when I watched it originally, I was like, wait, there's no dream? I don't understand. And we're watching, uh, God, what is that dude's name with the with the gem? What is David Thewlis. I meant his character. Oh, John D. John. 
So you're watching him with this gem or jewel or whatever that he can control dreams. And he's like, I'm going to make everybody tell the truth. And I was like, well, that's not going to end well. Um, and I don't know why he thought it would end well. Uh, and the fact that all of them could not leave the diner, I felt was not a true test of if humanity was worth anything. Because his whole point was showing that if everybody told the truth, then the world would fall into chaos and everything would be terrible. But I'm like, yeah, but you've now taken away free will in a lot of this. So you're not really... I didn't feel like it was an accurate test, was basically my point. And so I was really frustrated. I felt like I felt like a lot of the stuff in the diner was kind of a waste. I like the actors playing the different characters, but one without Dream in the story, I, I was not liking it as much. I did, you know, once Dream came back at the end, I thought it, it ended really well and everything that happened before started to make sort of sense. But I was not a fan of the beginning, I would say. Anyone? Uh, how about uh, Peter or Yusun? What do you guys think about this episode? I liked it a lot. I liked the. I mean, it's a bottle episode, so I found, I found, you know, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, we're gonna get to know these characters and like, what's what is their things, you know, that they're gonna go through. So I, I really liked all that and everything. I would say that strangely. I was a little disappointed at how bleak it gets because like, even though, you know, it is his character in the previous episode, he gave the woman who drove him, Rosemary, he gave her his necklace. And cause you, the whole episode you're like, Oh my God, is he going to kill her too? Like, and he doesn't, he's like, here, this will protect you. And I'm like, okay, thank God. I was like, he does a good thing. Um, but then in this episode, you're right. He's just back to his sociopathic ways but I did find the diner situation interesting. I, I did like, I like the setting. Um, and yeah, at the end, I like that he is essentially his own bleakness. He kind of like, uh, he's basically. Um, defeats the, himself. He, he defeat, yeah. yeah, he defeats himself by destroying the uh, the gem. And that's what dreams needs in order to like come back and everything. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. Yusin. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I'm just going to go with what Peter said. Ditto. Um, I I liked the episode um, be, uh, because of its like bleakness. I feel like it was – I'm trying to remember. Um, it was a while ago since I watched it. Um, you know, f- sure. I mean, I, I signed up to see The Sandman in my episodes. But uh, that being said, I thought it was well done, uh, you know, sort of the tension and the – Impressiveness and the you know all that kind of stuff um it sort of reminded me of you know it was very much like the Midas touch you know the 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 gin you know kind of a genie in a bottle like you're not gonna get what you want actually you know from this um so it was sort of all your dreams kind of gone awry because you know you're t- telling the truth um you know it was fine you know uh to take a sort of break because if i am correct and i feel like i might not be um it, it gave sort of a texture and background to like the necklace and what uh oh yeah i am right i mean right about my memory uh you know because towards the end of the episode we really find out that 
uh, dream, you know, is really very pro-humanity. And, and the things that he's doing and the reason why he's going on this quest to reacquire all his stuff isn't just because, you know, he's like, I want my stuff back. He needs those things in order to do the job he feels he's supposed to do, which is, you know, help humanity and he believes in them and he wants the best for them or us I guess because we're a part of humanity um, so I thought that was a nice touch and it kind of made everything make sense you know what I mean so uh, you know I was invested in the characters they did a good job I, I wanted the waitress to have a happy ending and I wanted this and you know I'm not every character but whatever so I thought the individual stories was really well done I felt like it was very much like a play like a one act or one scene you know I mean obviously it all takes place in a dining there was a lot of dialogue, you know, a lot of whatever. So that's that was interesting. Not a lot of, I mean, no special effects really, except towards the end, except towards the end. Um, but yeah, so I thought it gave a, a nice kind of texture and background and explanation to us about why he's so empathetic and and what why this quest is, you know, you know, beyond him collecting his stuff. So I thought All it was right. a good episode. I'm gonna say, Tom, uh, you can give a quick comment about this, but I'd like you to also move on to episode six, if you will. Yeah, just a quick comment, and this is mostly for you, son, and Libya. This is pretty much the format of the series, the entire run. It had 75 issues in the original run of Sandman, because there are some episodes where it's kind of an anthology, but you have the continuing characters, and some of the arcs are very Morpheus light, and some of them are very Morpheus heavy. So I'm, I'm glad that they really kept the for it's very faithful to the source material. That doesn't mean so, I have to like it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just just explaining. I liked it better that. than Libya. I liked it way better than Libya. But okay, so so Tom, what do you think of the episode six, six, which is my favorite? Uh, the sound of her wings. This is the this is the episode slash I think it was issue eight in the original run where we meet D Dream's big sister Death, and uh, I give them props for for casting Kirby Howe Baptiste because love her and she was great. I mean, yeah. usually in the comics, she's very goth, very, you know, as pasty, as pasty white skinned as he is, if not a little bit more, but they went the complete opposite direction, but she got the attitude down and again, extremely faithful to the source material and uh, loved it, loved it. And they kind of cheated because the second half is a completely different storyline and although Death and Dream started off, it's basically kind of my dinner with Andre where he meets the same guy. Basically, they have a bet. Death and Dream have a bet about giving a dude immortality. And so they give it to him. And then Morpheus meets him every century at the same place. To see, he's like, and oh, do you want to die now? What about now? Do you want to die now? <laughs> kind of interesting. And what was really cool is they have a fight. And then... Because the guy makes the mistake of saying, I think you come for my friendship, and Morpheus pulls his attitude and leaves. And he doesn't show up the next hundred years, but it's because it's while he's held captive. Right. But the guy comes, I, I thought it was a very, they cast the part well, um, and you will see him again. That's what, I'll stop now. Allison, your thoughts on episode six? Um, I liked episode six. I liked both parts. It, it, it very much veers into two different stories. Uh, it's, you know, true. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not as familiar with the, the source material, although I, I have some idea of what she was supposed to be like. Um, I completely accepted her as, as death. I thought she was, she was wonderful. She had this warmth and this kindness 
toward humanity. You know, she yeah. wasn't there to scare people. She was there to guide them on as gently as possible. And I thought that she was she was fantastic in the role. She she had that that wonderful humanity about her that I thought was terrific. And and also there was the the vibe that she had with Dream. You could accept them as siblings. It's like yeah, they they have that kind of that kind of brother sister thing going on where they can talk to each other about anything um and go to each other even though they've been maybe centuries apart uh so i i really like that and then the second part with with the uh the bet um i thought was terrific the the actor who was playing uh the role of of the uh bet or um he was uh he was just really tremendous. I mean, he's, he was like this gregarious guy who, who just loves life in any form, even when it's, it's kicking him in the teeth. And no matter, no matter what he's still, whether he's doing really well or he's doing really badly, he still wants to, yeah. to embrace life and keep on going. Yeah. I and liked that's... when he was really like poor and downtrodden and, mm-hmm. and, and, and dream was like, Oh, so you want to die now? He was like, Oh no, not at all. No. What makes you think that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Getting? Um, and, and the resolution of him, of you know, the, eventually the end being, um, shut down for development and him opening a brand new one that you know that was great right next door and and now being the owner and proprietor of this place i thought was brilliant i i thought that that was wonderful yeah that was pretty tom is that in the is that in the graphic novel yes uh the the first issue hob gadling appears in is called men of good fortune no, but I mean, he opens the, the, the pub right next door and blah, 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 all of that. I mean, everything's very accurate. Okay. Yeah. So so I'll jump in by saying, uh, uh, Allison, uh, um, I hate you because you said all the stuff I wanted to say about death, um, <laughs> everything. And I was like so excited to say all that stuff. And then I was like, oh, I was like, all the air has been let out of my balloon. Um, so, but I will add this. Again, I understand it's from the graphic novel since Thomas just reminded me of that. Um, but I do love that instead of sort of death, you know, being this very scary blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this characterization before of death, but I just want to reemphasize that it was so lovely and the gentleness about her. Uh, so, like, we understand that characterization. I get it. We've seen it before. But I just thought it was pitch perfect. Um, it was lovely. And I thought, oh, when I die, I'd like her to come get me. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I hope this turns out to be true. I was like, maybe it won't be that scary. So, I mean, that's saying a lot because, you know, none of us want to die, I don't think. Um, So that being said, uh, so moving on, though, uh, because this is actually different. I wasn't a fan that much of the actor. I didn't hate him, but I didn't I wasn't as much a fan as it clearly seems like everybody else was with the actor who played the character. Um, I, I don't know. I won't get super into it. I thought he was fine. I wanted to like him more. You know, I loved that he was absolutely like, nope, I'm in it for the long haul, which is forever because I don't want to die. Um, so, and I, it, you know, it was fun to kind of see, I'm not, we're not talking, I'm not, we don't need to talk about accuracy of costume or, or, you know, setting or any of that stuff. Who cares? I mean, you know, it's just a vehicle to get us where we want. That being said, uh, Morpheus's wigs were horrendous. And I know that's not my, my, I mean, it was distracting. I was just like, and it became a fun game for me because every time they changed centuries, I was like, let's see what wig they put on him. And I thought, nope, they still haven't gotten it right. 
So that was a little bit fun. But I will just finish by saying that, again, I know it's in the script. Um, and I liked uh, the guy, you know, the never die guy, uh, the best, uh, which makes sense at the end, you know, in terms of the scene and the poignancy. And he sort of like was very, you know, Cheshire cat grin about like, I'm your friend. Come on, you can admit it. Come on, we're friends, you know. Um, and so that was a very, very sweet moment. Uh, and and so it was fun to see the 100 year or the 600, 700, I don't know how many years, right, uh, gone by. So, you know, so, yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely love the episode or liked it very much, the death part a little bit more. Um, but as far as the the episode on the whole, I mean, I definitely enjoyed it for sure. All right, let's wrap this up. I think we're all saying overall we're liking Sandman. Yes, yeah, I was yeah. the only one who had a little yeah. bit negative I, to say. Oh, wait, I, Peter, Peter, go ahead. Yeah, I liked it a lot too, and I I really love that character. Um, I mean, it's sort of my dream. So like. Oh, to live forever? <laughs> yeah, the idea of being a person who never dies, like Libya and I talk about this all the time, because usually in these stories, you're a vampire. So it's always like, well, yeah, but then you kill people. So like, do you right. want to do that? In this, I'm like, man, he doesn't have to be a bad person. He just lives his life. Like, uh, however, however, I will say, oh my God, like I would, I mean, I would still take the bet. I would still do it. But the one thing I noticed, um, you know, while while Yusin was noticing the uh, the bad uh, dreams, bad wigs, was um, the the first four hundred years of that guy's life is pretty much the same. Like you don't. It's like I know we always talk about how much how much the planet changed uh, for good or for bad um, once the industrial age begins. But really, when you go from eighteen eighty nine to 1989 like it's so different you're like wow the world is like man is, mankind has evolved so much those first 400 years it really looks pretty similar like and i was like oh my god there's no electricity i was like they don't even have running water I'm like oh this would be terrible like um so for me like my dream would be i guess to go forward from where we are now i wouldn't want to be somebody in the past and have to live out 300 years in that kind of world um and also so I really like that story, and uh, I would also agree with you, Sin, that I would hope that if I die, you know, that it would be like uh, so the death would be like that uh, coming for me. I thought that was really nice too. So I thought actually I think it's probably my favorite episode of the six I've seen. So All right. I really liked it. Uh, so we're wrapping that up. Thumbs up for especially for episode six. At least I'm sure. next on five. Uh, so if you guys have any questions or comments, you listen to TV. Campfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.